0: Alrighty, Bismillah We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet. May peace be upon him. Alright, so continuing along our study, we are looking at some more. Uh, what's the word? Uh, Metaphors. We have a third metaphor to look at. The first one was the man killing the fire. The second metaphor was the metaphor of the rainstorm. And now the third metaphor is the metaphor of lightning. So let's look at the passage first. So let me just pull this up on a computer, on uh, another device. Okay. So, the lightning almost snatches away their sight. And every time it lights, okay, they walk. They walk in it. But when it's dark, uh, when it darkens, or when the darkness overcomes them, they stand still. If Allah had willed, he could have taken away their hearing of their sight. Allah is able to do all. Okay. So once again, let's take this piece by piece to to try to uh, make sense of what is being stated. And so, so this is now I, uh, And this is the parable of lightning. Uh, I don't know why there's this lag, but um, in any case. So once again, piece by piece, lightning almost Snatches their sight when it what does lightning do? When it uh, flashes, when it flashes, they walk. When it is dark, they stand still. If Allah will, he could take away their sight and their hearing. Remove the sight and hearing, he can do all. Okay. So, so this is in a nutshell what we have in this ayah. The lightning almost snatches away their sight. When it flashes, they walk, meaning they walk in its light. When it's dark, they stand still. But if Allah willed, he could have removed their sight and their hearing, Allah can do everything. So that is in a nutshell the third metaphor. So, so again, try to visualize the situation. Here you are in the middle of a rainstorm. It's complete darkness. <clears throat> and then these people are sticking their fingers in their ears like children, you know, hoping to make the thunder go away. And they're not moving until the lightning flashes. <clears throat> and you've all seen that happen, right, where the lightning flash is so bright that everything turns white for, for a split second. And then it's as bright as day and then it's dark. And so why do they walk, you know, when it flashes and why do they stand still when it's dark again? What would be the reason? Any guesses, thoughts? They can see where they're going? Yeah. That when the light flashes, they can see that their next step is safe. When it's dark again, they don't know if their next step is safe or not, so they just stand still. And so then the question becomes, what if Allah takes away their sight and their hearing? what would they do? They would just absolutely stand still, perhaps paralyzed with fear. So so of the three parables, so we had, or of the three metaphors, we had parable one, which is the man killing the fire. Parable two was the rainstorm, and then parable three is lightning. Essentially, this parable was about guidance. Yesterday's parable was about fear. Today's parable is about trust. So these people are trusting lightning, which can kill them. And so yesterday they were fearing thunder, which cannot hurt them. And today they're fearing lightning, which can provide some light, but it is essentially something that can also destroy them. And so in the same way we raised the question yesterday that, all right, why do you fear what you fear? And you want to evolve from fearing things that can't hurt you to fearing uh, to fearing things that can hurt you. That makes much more sense. And then by extension, fearing the one who controls those things that can hurt you. Meaning the spider is coming along. At one level, I might be fearing the spider or my fear is in Allah who's controlling where the spider's gonna go. Allah is deciding is the spider gonna bite me or not. Yeah. And so, likewise with trust, we want to evolve from trusting something that is harmful to trusting something that's beneficial to trusting Allah. So, in the same way, we had this evolution of trust yesterday, we have, or evolution of fear yesterday. Okay. trust what is uh, harmful, you want to move that to trust what is beneficial. And then move from that to trust the one who is controlling. That's the evolution we want to we want to go through. Again, in terms of concept, very easy. Practice may not be as much. And then how do we do this? The same process. <coughs> how do I go from here to here? From from this first part to this first, first part to the second part. This is more, more of a rational process. Meaning I have to determine. Okay, is this source that I'm turning to beneficial or not? So you, so people are always hearing you railing about the issue of celebrity preachers. And as an institution, it's not gonna be anything we're ever gonna escape because as long as there's media, there's gonna be celebrities. And as long as there are celebrities, there's gonna be celebrity preachers. and And I know enough of these people behind the scenes to know that some of them are angels and some of them definitely are not, right? But the point is that whatever I'm taking from them, I have to evaluate, is this truly benefiting me? Or am I just consuming knowledge? Almost like it's a type of entertainment. And a way to evaluate that, how is this changing me? Am I changing in tangible ways, in measurable ways for the better? Or am I just taking this in almost like a self-medication that this just makes me feel good about myself? without actual conscious change. And then here, it's a rational process plus increased devotion, increased obedience. Increase obedience, increased devotion. Because fear, like we said, is physiological. Part of it is physiology. Part of it is... In other parts of your being likewise trust trust is akin to hope and and so hope part of that is i'm suggesting is also physiology in part and then part of it relates to other parts of our being in the mind in in the heart and such so so these are our our three metaphors in this section, and we said that it looks as though we're speaking about hypocrites and such, hypocrites and coffers, so monophics and coffers. And so, so what is the beneficial behavior? So the beneficial behavior is that I should seek guidance, seek and accept guidance. I should find myself, I should try to make myself thirsty for guidance. The issue with with belief is sometimes the guidance comes from the type of people that we don't like. They might be upright people, but that's not my cup of tea. But they are also often very important sources for guidance. And then fear, my goal is is to fear, ultimately fear Allah, the one who's controlling all. And I, I don't speak of this as a negative, and then my trust is trust in Allah. And think back. One of the points we mentioned about about the difference between the people of Taqwa versus the uh, the hypocrites is that the people of Taqwa have thorough trust in Allah, whereas the hypocrites have distrust in 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 Allah. Okay. Now. <laughs> that is looking at these parables based on what we spoke about before. Now we're going to look at these parables very briefly regarding what's going to be coming in just a moment in the next passages. So so one thing to think about, uh, especially in the context of parable number two, is speaking of being a Muslim in 2020, you know, this calendar year, 1441. And what is it that makes it hard for me to practice my Islam? Okay. And so sometimes what might make it hard for me to practice my Islam would be concerned about, okay, if I'm working, what's going to happen at work? Good. Like, especially if I need to make my five prayers. Back when I was in corporate life, you know, the challenge every day was to find an empty conference room, to, to make my, my prayers in. And, and sometimes my boss would give me a room to, to make my prayers and some, depending on space, that, that room would be taken away. Okay. Uh, am I frozen? Okay, can, you all, can someone nod and let me know you can hear me because uh, um, it looks like I'm freezing. You can hear me? Okay. So I was mentioning that, you know, when I was in corporate life, uh, sometimes the daily challenge was to find a conference room to, to pray in, hoping nobody would walk in. Good. But think about what would happen if, if somebody walked in. What are they going to do? I mean, are they going to say something? Uh, probably not in the circumstances that I was in. Other people will be in different circumstances. And what I'm suggesting is more often than not, what we fear is the equivalent of thunder. What are people going to say? And, and so more often than not, if anything, we're probably fearing just embarrassment. Okay. Because no one's going to say anything. Or if no one's going to do anything. At worst, at worst, suppose someone's going to say something, and suppose someone's going to complain. But what, because I'm praying? You know, the funny part, this is a side point. So when I went from corporate life into, into full-time academics, now I felt completely free because I was at a university campus, so I just felt free to pray anywhere. You know, pray in the quads, pray in the library, anywhere. And all these undergrads are like, oh my gosh, we've never seen someone so brave. And because that's because I was coming as this timid little guy from, from corporate life who now suddenly felt free. So in any case, but the point being that more often than not, it's the fear that is the equivalent of the fear of thunder. So think of all of these as prerequisites for service to Allah. So the first one makes sense that if Allah Allah is telling me something to do, then the approach I should have is to regard it as a source of light that I'm seeking to take me out of darkness. Okay? Not something that's going to cause me darkness. And then likewise with parable number two, uh, whether we are speaking of being Muslim in America in 2020, or we're speaking of being Muslim in, in Mecca in, in the year 615, there, there is, there is a credible threat of torture, which is still true for many Muslims throughout the world. And it's also a credible threat for many Muslims in America as well. I don't want to sugarcoat the situation. Uh, But the idea being that I want my fear to at least be of something that can hurt me and better than that to be the one who's controlling whatever can hurt me. Meaning if something is hurting me, it was in Allah's will to allow it to hurt me. And if Allah willed for it not to hurt me, no matter what people try, it's not gonna happen. And then likewise for trusting sources I want to shift my trust to things that can actually benefit me, to people who can benefit me. And then better than that is trust in Allah. Okay, so, so far so good. Everything sounds like it makes sense. Someone you know give me a nod or just some thumbs up type thing. Okay, okay, very good. Have a look. So without looking further, here's, this, here's another question. How many commands have we had so far? Going through Surah Al-Fatiha all the way through now, how many passages have we had in which Allah Ta'ala says, do this or don't do this? Anybody want to throw out a number? I'm not hundred percent sure, but I want like from recalling, it seems like it was more description of groups rather than what to do. Yeah, uh, we have not had a single command. So, so yeah, Summer, you're correct, uh, Dominion, you're correct. We've not had a single command yet. We've had a list of many good practices and beliefs. We've had a list of very bad practices and beliefs, but we haven't had any commands yet. And so now we are going to have our first command. And so as I pull up the screen, the approach I'd like you to have from this moment forward is that any command we get, I am going to try to fulfill, okay, with fear of only of Allah, trust in Allah that Electral is telling me to do, and so I will try to do. Uh, wow, this is really lacking. Okay, that's probably why, because I pulled up the wrong screen. You got a good view of my desktop, which didn't help at all. Okay. Alrighty, so I21 is the first command. And before we read through it, uh, this is a question that i posed to many, many people over, over the years. Uh, that when I open up the Qur'an from page one, can you tell me what is the first instruction that Allah Ta'ala gives me? Good. Meaning, everyone knows that the majority opinion is that the first command that the Prophet received, peace be upon him, is iqra, read, recite, when he was in the cave. Uh, But uh, what is, when I open up the Qur'an, and usually to make it more dramatic, I'll ask, okay, can you tell me the fifth instruction? When I start from page one, what is it that Allah, Allah tells me to do? Nobody has that answer. Okay, what about the fourth? What about the third? What about the second? And then often I bring it to the first. And so ask yourself if, you know, aside from having taken this course before, if you have, if you also knew the answer to this question. Simple question that when I, when I open up from page one, what's the first thing Allah, Allah tells me to do? And I've asked this question, no, example, no exaggeration, to a couple thousand Muslims. And uh, I think a maximum of five people have, have known the answer. And including, that, no, I should say five people, including people who at rapid speed went through the entire Quran uh, uh, until they found uh, uh, the answer. And so that's also, uh, uh, if, you, if, you, uh, if you go along with what I'm suggesting, that's also giving us a, um, a statement about the condition of our community that we do have this abundance of knowledge that's available, especially on the internet. Literally, I just got off the, I was in a Zoom call with this attorney who was bringing me into this one case regarding a, a Muslim client. And he was talking about the sources, he was, he was trying to find sources on toba, uh, on, on repentance. And you know he's telling you what he found on the internet on YouTube and such. So we have this, this abundance of knowledge available, but basic questions, uh, most people can't answer. So it's kind of like we have knowledge that will give you step B, C, D without doing step A. And this, this is why I do this course. Having said all that, the first command, Ya ayuhanas, here, O mankind, O humanity, O people, O rabbakum, be the worshiper of your Lord, who created you as he created those before you, So that you may get taqwa. Okay. So the very first command is be the abd of your Rabb. So let's talk about this. As is the case with any instruction in the Quran, the first thing you want to look at, of course, is who is the command to? This is all of humanity. So that includes me. So first command... be the abd of oops. be the abd of your rub. And both of these terms we've defined before. And so we, so commonly we translate this as worshipper. Anyone remember how we, how we more accurately translated ibada? Uh, what one who brings his creation from, in, from not, immaturity to maturity according to their own sp- mm-hmm. special needs. Or yeah, according to their unique design. Yeah, that's that's Designed. rob. Yeah. Oh, rob, right? Yeah. So, so this is often translated as Lord, Lord, uh, Lord works and such, especially in terms of modern Arabic. But abd is to give. give so extreme right love. Here. Yes. Uh, so give your most extreme love. And so then, as, as Dr. Summer mentioned, uh, the one who takes you from immaturity to maturity, maturity according to your unique design. And so I just, in simple language, I say your nourisher. Okay. So give your most extreme love, meaning complete loving surrender to your nourisher. So now the question is, Okay, so there's the command. What is it telling me to do? So from this point forward, so whatever time it is, Chicago time, 3.24 p.m., I'm going to try to fulfill this if I'm not already. Okay. What do I change? What do I do now? Anyone? Like, it'd be easy if it said, all right, go make your prayers. Okay. Or go give charity. Okay. That's uh, That's a little bit more specific. What is this telling me to do? Anyone? I want to say acknowledge. Like because the one that acknowledge mm-hmm. uh acknowledges being mm-hmm. uh a worshipper of Allah. Okay. Or the yeah. law. And to be more intentional and more um mm-hmm. take uh, you know, engage in more preparation as we begin to pray, um just sort of becoming more God conscious, not just mechanically but mm-hmm. internalizing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this be household is saying to trust him. Yes, uh, all of that. And so, uh, let's see, what does that say? Rabab says to be conscious. Yeah, all these things are, are, are part of this. And so what are we saying here? To take on this consciousness, this disposition that, yeah, Allah, whatever you tell me to do, I am going to lovingly do it. And I'm going to see it as nourishing because think about how this passage changes. If instead of saying, be the abd of your rub," suppose we said, be the abd of your malik. So be the worshiper of your master. How does the tone change? Anyone? for ownership or power. Mm-hmm. Power it becomes, yeah, it becomes much more of a power dynamic, right? He is the master, I am the servant. Yeah, it connotes subordination, and and here it doesn't negate subordination, but the idea being that this is a nourishing relationship, more like a mother. Yeah, or you know, a father. Anyway. <laughs> So, but the point being, yes, uh, exactly this. I mean, this is even the dua in Surah Al-Isra, Surah 17, about the parents. Rabbayani Sahira, you know, Allah Ta'ala, you know, please take care of my parents. And the word there is still, is the same root word, that they nourished me when I was, uh, when I was little Sahara. hello. hello. <laughs> yes, speak Can me. you, sorry, can you repeat, so, um, what it is telling us to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A okay. more positive approach. So essentially, let's give it another color. Uh, so, so the basic command is: so do this. Okay. Have an attitude that I will voluntarily. lovingly do whatever Allah wants we' going say prescribes and I will see it as nourishing I don't know if you can see that last word, nourishing. So technically, it's not telling me to do anything right now. First, I'm being told to have a certain type of attitude, a disposition of consciousness. The Ya Allah, whatever it is you prescribe of me to do, I'm gonna do and I'm gonna see this as nourishing for me. I'm gonna see this as something that's gonna make me grow. And so whatever it is that appears, whatever it is that Allah Ta'ala sends forth in the rest of the Quran, obviously there's going to be issues of context. When does something apply? When does something not apply? But my default is whatever it is Allah Ta'ala tells me to do, I am going to do lovingly. And I'm also going to see it as beneficial for me. And so of course, if Allah Ta'ala just said, be the abd of your master, then our approach would be whatever Allah tells us to do. We're going to do it lovingly. But here, when we're speaking from the perspective of Allah as Rabb, he is giving us these things as a means to grow. Grow primarily how? Closer to Allah. So having said that, does it make sense that this would be the first command? I think it makes sense, right? You know, of all the things that could be the first prescription, it makes sense that this would be the very first thing that we're being told. This is setting the stage for for uh, everything else. Okay. Having said that, uh, any questions about anything? Anything at all? And so once again, I'd like everyone to try to take on this attitude from this point forward, that this is what I'm going to try to do. And again, what, is, what else is gonna be part of that? Some of it's gonna be fear. Okay, what else is all they're gonna tell me to do? Okay. And then correspond or override that with trust. No questions? We usually have our first question from Santiago. We haven't had any, any questions from Santiago in a while. Sylvester, is he all right? Okay, hopefully he is, inshallah. No questions? All righty. Uh, so, once again, we're going to meet tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to have a fun exercise where you're going to feel like there's not teaching happening, but teaching will be happening. And then, and then inshallah we'll take the day off for Saturday and Sunday, and then we will reconvene inshallah on Monday. (laughs) Tomorrow and Saturday. Dominion is like, I need more, Quran. I need more. You can do that independently, Dominion. Yeah, this is true. So so (laughs) Dominion, take a screenshot of me and, and just play my voice. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I love doing this stuff, so I can totally do this stuff all day long, every single day. But, but it's also good to take I have a it. question. Yes, it's me, family. Yes. Has Eid been confirmed? We haven't heard anything from our masjid yet. So, for those people who follow the Thick Council of North America and, and similar sites, Eid is on Sunday. Those who follow moon sighting and other sites, it has not yet been determined. Uh, but. Uh, a friend of mine pointed out that he's never seen the case. He doesn't recall ever seeing the case where the calculations came after the sighting. Uh, so more than likely it'll probably be Sunday, but we'll find out. Might be Saturday, Saturday for some people. So. And, what do you um, follow? <laughs> uh, I, I follow Chicago Hillel. So I follow moon sighting. So I won't know until Friday night. Mm. Any other questions? But I mean I suggest all of you follow whatever community you belong to. You know, so whether it's a local mosque or, or extra mosque community, follow whatever they do. Okay. Alrighty. We will stop right here then, inshallah, if there are no other questions. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika nashdulillah ilaha illa Anta nastafiruka nautubu ilayk Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika nashdulillah ilaha illa Anta nastafiruka nautubu ilayk Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika nashdulillah ilaha illa Anta nastafiruka nautubu ilayk Ah, the your question seems kind of random. I have quite a few answers to that, so the answer to your question is yes. Okay. Okay. So, so you can you can save those questions, and if there's something more particular, you can bring them up tomorrow, inshallah. Okay, well, that's all aboard you all, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.